Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Memvav. We're going to go from the Mishnah, the fifth line, fifth, bar, uh, fifth last line of Memhayam with Bays, 45b. So, I mean, we're continuing with the discussion of the concluding ritual of the Nazir. Remember, we discussed uh, um, the shaving, we discussed the we discussed the Korbonos and at what point he can shave and we discussed uh, that he takes the hair and he puts it under the pot that he's cooking his Shlomim in and now this mission is continuing with that but it's primarily discussing the preparation of the Shlomim so he says and what's again um, yeah, what's unique about I mean the Shlomim unlike the Chattas Va'ashem the Chattas Va'ashem only the Kohanim eat Whereas the shlomim, the owner, gets most of it. This shlomim, as we'll see, is different to regular shlomims in three ways. The first way is most shlomims can be eaten for two days and a night. I, the day it's offered on, the following night, and the following day. Whereas this shlomim only for one day and one night. A regular shlomim, you offer four types of matzah, four types of loaves, with it, whereas this, the Nazis one, you only offer two types. And a third difference is that um, oh, most Shlomims, the Kohen only gets the Chazav shock, the breast and the thigh. Whereas this Shlomim, in addition to that, he gets the Zra, what's called the Zra Bashela, the cooked, the forearm. So this is an additional part that the Kohen gets from the Nazir's sacrifice. He's allowed to cook the Shlomim or even Shalkon. Shalkon is like uh, overcook it. I don't know, put it in the... Um, cook, cook it for extra long. Um, you might, I think the novelty is you might... The Torah says cook it. So maybe you thought Shalkon to overcook it would be problematic. Now that's fine. The Kohen gets to take the cooked foreleg from the ram. And he takes one of the chale loaves and one of the rockic loaves. One of the rockic matzahs. I never remember exactly, but we know that there are different types of menachos that are prepared in different ways. And this is what we're referring to when we speak about the different types of... Um, when we see a chale, rockic, etc. They prepared. One is uh, more crispy, one is more spongy, one is uh, like a more like, kind of like bread, but obviously they're all matzah. So those are the so, so one, so he's got challah loaves and rockic loaves and the, the coin takes one from the basket. And what does he do? He puts them on the palms of the Nazir and he waves them. So he's got the Zra, so far from this mission, he's got the Zra, he's got the one of each loaf, and now the, 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 on the palms of the Nazir, and he's going to wave them. And after that, he is now allowed to drink wine and become Tomelemesim. Right, so from when he's, pardon? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it seems quite complex to me. Yeah, <laughs> go celebrate. Yeah, um, Rebbe Shimon. Well, he's still got to eat his shlomim. 
Is that the job? Or what are you hoping for? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, he's, I mean, he's finished his Nazirus, he's shaved, he's coming with three Korbanos to offer, he's taken, yeah, now he's done, yeah, now he's done. Maybe Shimon says, no, as soon as the blood is sprinkled on him, the Nazir is now permitted to drink wine and Tomei Lameisim. So we see a machloikas here, the Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon. The Tanakama holds basically only after the waving. And Rabbi Shimon holds no. He straight after sprinkling the blood, everything becomes permitted. So Rabbi Shimon is even more lenient. He takes one korban, they shecht it, and sprinkle the blood. And now he can go get drunk before even finishing his concluding theory. I think that I must look cleaner over the over Shabbos if I get a chance. Um, I think the Meshach Hochma discusses the transformative process and how it ends. Like, you know, is it something? I guess maybe that might be a bit of the problem. You know, like a fast day. You like going to the fast. You're hopefully getting a bit more spiritual, having time for reflection and, inspe- and introspection, and then all of a sudden, oh, I can eat, and you're gone. You stuck yourself like totally opposite of the experience. So maybe, uh, so how do you? Yeah, how does what does the nausea do? How does he get it to that uh, the experience to uh, last? Okay, let's go from the into the Gemara. Ton Rabbanon, ba'achar yishte hanausia yayin. When it's and the pasuk says, and afterwards the nausea can drink wine. After what? This is after all the actions. Again, like the Tanakhama, like the first opinion of our Mishnah, um, like the Tanakhama of our Mishnah, that the Nazar has to do every, the whole concluding ritual, and then he can drink wine and become Tomele Maisim. The Chachomim, the Chachomim say, after the one action. I just offering one korban. Now, just before we go and try and understand the different opinions, it's interesting. In the Mishnah, the anonymous opinion was the same as Rabbi Eliezer in this brisa, i.e., that he has to do everything. And the opinion that he says Rabbi Shimon is. The anonymous opinion in the Bryce. So why am I mentioning that? Because generally, if we had the Chachomim verse, Rabbi Shimon, we would follow the Chachomim. Gen- the general rule is when you have someone, Rabbi, report someone as the Chachomim, that's the general opinion. Verse an individual, so we're going to follow the majority. But in, and in the Bryce, well then it's Rabbi Lezer verse the Chachomim, so you'd follow the Chachomim. But the Chachomim in the Bryce and the Chachomim in the Mishnah are different opinions. So... In a way, it turns out that it's a machloikes, Rabbi Lezer versus Rabbi Shimon. We would generally follow Rabbi Shimon. Why, why do we not follow Rabbi Eliezer? So he's uh, Rabbi Lezer Shemuti, Rabbi Lezer, the one who was put in Chayrim. Remember the story in uh, Bava Metzia? Um, 
the story about Metziah, when they were arguing about a certain oven, is a Tama or Tahar, and Rabbi Lezer adamantly, and he refused to concede, said it's Tahar, and the whole rest of the Sanhedrin were saying it's Tome, and he said, if I'm right, a tree will jump, if I'm right, a river will flow backwards, you know, the whole discussion, until finally Rabbi, they stood up and said, Rabbi Lezer, so you can't like, keep on arguing, you have to concede, and they put him in Chayrim. That's the one explanation of Rebbe Lezer Shamuti. Well, the other one is Shamuti, he's from Shammai, he's from the school of Shammai, and we know we follow Basilo. So either way, we don't follow Rebbe Lezer. So here, what do you go by? Do you go by the Mishnah that it's Chachomim versus Rebbe Shimon? Or do you say it's Rebbe Lezer versus Rebbe Shimon? Which one, um, how are you going to Paskin? Okay, I'll leave that to the Poskin to answer, but I just wanted to bring that interesting, uh, even if you, if, that even when everyone can agree what's going on, you can still have a little bit of confusion how to uh, actually come out with the halacha. Okay, but so what do we have? We have Rebeleza saying that you have to do every action, the Nazir has to do basically the whole concluding ritual up to the end, up to waving, and then he can, and the Chachom come along and says, no, after a single act, I after one korban. It says, my tamayot Rabbonin, what's the reason for Rabbonin? We actually don't need to ask the reason for Rebeleza because Rebeleza seems pretty straightforward. It says, if you read the Pasuk, it says, The Kohen will wave it as a wave offering before Hashem. It is holy for the Kohen. The Chazen, the Shok, and after that, the Nazu can drink wine. So if you just read the Pasuk, what you would say, what, what would you say? That it's after the whole procedure. Then the, after the waving, that's when the coin can come, the Nazu can drink wine. So we need a source for the Rabbon, and he says, no, they just have to offer one korban. So he says, no, Nizra. The Torah, it's a Zerah Shav of this word, Acher, Acher. It says Acher twice in the paragraph of the Nazir. It says, Ma Hosom Acher Yechidi. Just as the one Acher is after the single act, I... That is, after the Nazir has shaved. So after he's just done one thing, that's, um, that's the one positive. So Afkan Achemasiachidi Sosoki here when it says Acher, it's after one act. So very interestingly, this word Acher is Zarashova to tell us that. Where where lost oh where did you previously see Acher? That was after one act. So Sochi here when you see the word Acher it means after one act. It says but maybe Acher still means after both of them. I maybe learn it, maybe learn it the other way from the one after to others. No, Yachik Zereshova Lamedi. What's the Zereshova coming to teach us? I, without the Zereshova, that's how we would have read the Psukim. That it's after you do everything, like Rabbi Eliezer. Now Chazal or the, the yeah, they must have had a source, a tradition that there's a Zereshova. That's interesting. Generally, how we say is Chazal had a tradition that two words were supposed to be linked. Sometimes there's a debate which exact words, or sometimes there's a debate, what halachos are they linked for, but they had a tradition that two words are supposed to be linked. So Chazal, yeah, this opinion had a tradition that Acher and Acher were supposed to be linked. So if you're going to say it's after both procedures, well then Acher is not coming to teach me anything, that's Rebelezi, you just read the Pasuk straight. So the Drosha must be coming to say that it's only after one act. Okay, so that's the Malfoy case, Rebelezer and 
let's call it Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shimon, um, when can the Nozir start to drink wine and become Tomelamation? Now, Omar Rav, Tenufa Benozim Akeves, the waving by the Nozir is essential. Ma'akeves means it withholds. Aye, it would invalidate the procedure if you didn't have it. And this is again based on, as we said, the Prophet says, after the waving, he can drink wine, which means that if he doesn't do the waving, he can't drink wine. Which opinion is this in accordance with? Maybe one who says, like the Rabbonin, will the Rabbonin say, even shaving is not essential? Now, shaving is a procedure the Nozid does to himself. How obviously waving is not going to be essential because waving is external, it's done on the offering. So, the Rabbonin who come along and say that he can drink wine before he's even shaved, or if he doesn't shave and he drinks wine, it's fine. And obviously going to be okay with him drinking wine before he does the wave offering. So that can't be who Rav's speaking about. So it must be according to Rebbe Lezer. The Rebbe Lezer is this opinion that he saw that he has to finish the whole procedure before he can drink wine. It's just but that's obvious. Rebbe Lezer says, after all the actions is when he can drink wine. So again, so Rav coming along and telling me that the Nazir Ha, that waving is essential is very strange. Either it's irrelevant or it's unnecessary. If you're going like the Chachomim, it's irrelevant because they would hold even after just shaving. Oh, sorry, they would hold not even shaving is essential, so obviously the Tzilf is not. And if you're going like Rebeleza, well, obviously says not. Since regarding Kapora, it is considered Shure Mitzvah. So, so to hear the waving should not be essential. Kamash Malani comes to teach us that it is. Now, there are many other korbanos where you have to wave as part of the procedure. If I remember, if, I think if it's well, by the Levim, maybe it's by the Mitzara, he even wave the actual person. But there are many offerings where this tunufa is part of the procedure, but it's not essential. It's what's called shiure mitzvah. The concept of shiure mitzvah in its own right is quite... Interesting. What does it mean? Literally, it translates as remnants of the mission of the mitzvah. Shiurei, that's how shiurei, the leftovers. But it's not. It's, it's more intrinsically connected to the mitzvah, but it's almost. I don't know what the word is. An appendage. So if it's not there, the mitzvah is still good. You still have the core of the mitzvah, but it is an intrinsic part of the mitzvah. So that seems to be shiurei mitzvah. Just another interesting one that comes up every day is. Uh, the, I think it's Tosfos. I don't remember if it's the Gemara or Tosfos. Sorry, so Shire Mitzvah, most times we find that waving is a Shire Mitzvah. The ideal way to offer that Korban and to get the desired result is to do the waving. But if you don't, it's not essential. So you might have thought the same thing by the Nozu. That's what Rav's coming to teach us. According to Rebbe Eliezer, it is essential. Um, now there's another, yeah, another interesting time where it comes up, just to bring this concept of Shira Mitzvah more practically. I think it does require a little bit more investigation. Here it comes up by Lulav. Well, can't think of that, but another one is drying your hands after the Tzilas Yedayu. seems drying your hands is actually Shira Mitzvah. So it's, it's 
better to dry your hands than to let your hands drip dry. Because drying is Shura Mitzvah. You still fulfill the Tilat Yodayim and you can still go and eat your bread. If you didn't dry them, you let them drip dry. But if you... But you should dry them. And that also helps us with... Because there's a famous question. That this is Tosos. Tosos asks, how can you do the Tilat Yodayim and then say the Bracha? You're always supposed to do the Bracha before you do the Mitzvah. So, I mean... The reason we push it off to after is because it doesn't make sense to say a bracha and then wash your hands. You should have clean, tar hands for the bracha. So that's why we push it after. But if you learn drying as a key part of the mitzvah, it's your mitzvah, then you actually are doing the bracha a little bit before the rest of the mitzvah. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's how much. Okay, let's go on into the top of Memvavam with Bayes. Umima Akfa. According to Rebbe Lezer, is it really essential? The waving of Hotani we learned in the Bryce's Ois Torah Sanazir, it says this is the law of the Nazir. Now it doesn't say this is the law of the Nazirim, of different Nazirs, which in Zos Torah Sanazir tells us that we're going to treat two Nazirs who you might have thought to treat differently, we're going to treat them the same. Zos Torah Sanazir, this is one law for the Nazir. For both types of it. So what's that? Whether he has hands or whether he doesn't have hands. Oh, just as a Nazir who doesn't have hands can conclude his Nazirus, so to a Nazir who does have hands doesn't need to wave. So yeah, I should have expressed this slightly differently. Just as a Nazir who doesn't have hands doesn't have to do the Tanufa. So to a Nazir who does have hands, doesn't have to do the Tanufa. But wait, if you're thinking along those lines, it says, This is the law of the Nazir. Okay? And then other two Nazirs, we're going to treat the same. A Nazir, whether he has hair or whether he doesn't have hair. You're going to tell me that that's not essential. Right, so you have a Nazir who, for whatever reason, he's hairless. He's completely bald. Now, so how did we learn the previous page with, with hands and without hands? I just as a Nazi without hands can't do Tnufa, so to a Nazi with hands does not have to do Tnufa. If you're going to read that the same way, you're going to have to say that. Just as a Nazi without hair can't do shaving, so to a Nazi with hair doesn't have to do shaving. But that's not true. For hot time, we learned to the Brisa. Nazi Mamurat, what happens if you have a hairless, a completely bald Nazir? He doesn't have to pass a blade over his head. And Basil say he has to pass a blade over his head. explained the Mahloikas. My Ainot Sorikla Baishama. What do Baishama mean when they say there's no need for him to pass a blade over his head? It says Ainot Sorik, Ainot Takona. There's no need because there's no, there's no solution. I, he's a Nazir. To conclude his ritual, he has to shave. He can't shave. Don't even bother passing a blade over his head. He doesn't have any hair. But according to Beis Hillel, he holds there is a solution. I wonder Beis Hillel holds he can do. Even though he doesn't have hair, he can fulfill the mitzvah of shaving by just passing a blade over his hair. Or his head, where his hair would be. But what do we see? According to both Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, the Nazir has to shave. It's essential. It's just the Malachas. What happens if he doesn't have hair? Is there now no solution? 
or can he pass a blade over his head? But what are we, what are we bringing out from here? That the nazir, that we read, the, we, we say it the other way around. Just as a nazir with hair has to shave, so to a nazir without hair has to shave. Okay, and then we have a machloikas. But he can't really shave. But he has to shave. And then we would say, so now translate that back into the waving. Just as a Nazir who has hands has to do the Tnufa, so to a Nazir without hands also has to do the Tnufa. But on the surface we're saying he can't and therefore he would not be able to resolve his Naziris. Or you can, we'll, I'll come back to that point. It says, Behind with the Rebbe Padas, and this is in line with Rebbe Padas, the Omer Rebbe Padas, Rebbe Padas said, Beishamai, Omri, Beishamai, Verebi, Eliezer, Omru, Dover, Echod. Beishamai and Rebbe Lezer say the same point. Now, Beishamai, we've just seen. Beishamai say, he has to shave his hair, but he can't because he doesn't have any hair. Well, then he can't conclude his. Nazirus. And we're going to see a similar idea expressed by Rebbe Lezer. My Rebbe Lezer, where do we see this? Rebbe Lezer expressed this idea. The Tanya, as we learned in a Bryce regarding the Mitzorah, Ein lo bohen yad v'regel, Ein lo tahara, Olam is divrei Rebbe Eliezer. If the, if the Mitzorah doesn't have a thumb or a big toe, he can't ever purify himself from being a from being a mitzvah. Okay, part of the ritual of the mitzvah is to put blood on his big toe and his his thumb and his big toe. What happens if he doesn't have one? So Rebbe says, "There's nothing he can do. He can't leave his state of mitzvah, which is again the same as Ben Shammai saying a nazir who doesn't have hair can't do his concluding ritual." Just the other opinion, Rebbe Shimon says, "No, put it where his thumb should be was, and his big toe would be." Says the Chachamim say, "Yaniachal shall small v'yotze." The Chachamim say, "No, rather put it on his left thumb or left big toe, and that is and his yotze." But we do see that Rebbe Leza holds. He has to put it on his right thumb. He doesn't have a thumb. Nothing he can do. Rebbe Shimon the Rabbon and hold no, you do something else. They argue what exactly you do, but there is a solution. Now, so that's the one way of learning the sugya. Again, we start off by saying, is waving is, well, Rav says waving is essential. We said, no, it shouldn't be essential because all Nazis are the same, which means whether they have hands or don't have hands. So then we come along and we say, no. Actually, you can still learn that waving is essential. Or what about a Nazir who doesn't have hands? Well, that would fall into this general machlokas, similar to a Nazir, or I mean, this is all learned out from a Nazir who doesn't have hair, or, an, or a Mitzorah who doesn't have a thumb. What do you do? So we see there's Beishamah, there's Rebbe Lezeb. The Torah tells you how to purify, or how to conclude his Nazirus, or how to... Yeah, how to shave away. He can't. He can't put the zra and the loaves in his hands. He can't conclude his nazirus. Whereas the other opinions based Hillel, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon would say, no, he does either he puts it on his forearm or something like that. He comes up with another way to wave, just as you put the blood on where the thumb would be, you put or on the other thumb. So to with waving, you come up with another solution. But if we see that you can't really use this price as a source either way, whether waving is essential or not essential. Could be that it's not essential, but he should still wave with his forearms. Or it's not, you know, so that's why we can't really learn from here either way.
Now we have a different version. This is actually going to be almost the opposite. Lishna Achrina Omer Le Omilos. I made a different version. It says Omer Rav Tenufa Benozim Akeves. Rav said that waving is essential. Okay, that's the same as we said previously with Rav. Says Aliba Deman. Now who's this according with? In accordance to Eli Malibu Rebbe Lezer Pshita Homer Rebbe Lezer Achamas and Kulam. Maybe you'll say it's in accordance with Rebbe Lezer. It's too obvious. I don't need Rab to tell me that waving is essential. Rebbe Lezer says you have to do all the actions before you can drink wine. What's Kulam? Everything, all the actions, including waving. So Ela Alibu Rabbon and must be according to the Rabbon. It says Now Hashdi Yishlama Taglachas Omri Rabbon Loima Akva Tenu for me boy. So it can't be Rav can't be in the Rabbon. The Rabbon said even shaving isn't essential. If shaving isn't essential, waving definitely isn't essential. As we explained again, based on the Rosh, shaving is something the Nazi does to himself, whereas waving is external to the um, it's to the carbon. So if the act he does on himself, or he's required to do on himself, isn't essential, he can still go and drink wine if he hasn't done it. Then obviously that external act is not going to withhold him from drinking wine. That's how the Rosh explains that point. But again, so where are we? Now, so the Gomorrah doesn't actually finish off the discussion. But basically, a definite this that Rav comes along and says that, Waving is essential. It seems almost definitely it cannot be the Rabbonin. Because the Rabbonin don't even require Taglachas. Or not they don't require it. It's not essential. Obviously it's required. It's the mitzvah and how he should do it. But it's not essential. So it must be Rebbe Lezer. Now the Gomorrah Loma Akva. Are you going to... Now this is... So this is where it starts to go different. Are you going to tell me according to the Rabbonon that the waving is not essential? I'm going to show you a price where it implies that the waving is essential. So which is quite interesting because then we would say the opposite. We're not going to apply our logic. We're going to apply uh, another principle. It says, The Pasuk says, This is the law of the Nazir. Whether he does or does not have hands. I, he needs to do tenufa, and he can't get out of being a nazir unless he does tenufa. The Rosh actually brings in here, and I think it might be to explain the question that we just raised, or the issue. The issue is just raised is on the one hand, how can Tanufa be essential, but shaving not essential? That doesn't make sense. As we said, shaving is more intrinsic to him than Tanufa. So the Roshik, and now we just brought a bracer that seems to say that if he doesn't have hands, he's stuck. So the waving is essential. So the Rosh brings in the concept of Kol Haroyle Bila and Bilama Kevet. Remember, this is a principle that comes up in all different scenarios of Shas. Sometimes, as long as you could do it, that's sufficient. But if you cannot do it, then it's invalid. What's the classical example? Is a mincha. There were certain size kalim for the mincha, and when it's discussing the size of the mincha, it says the maximum size is a, a certain, I don't remember, 60, 60 saron, I don't remember the exact measurement. And that's because you can put enough oil to mix it. So the Gemara says, wait, if you had your korban and you put the oil for the mincha, the flour offering, and you didn't mi- mix it, 
you fulfill your obligation. So why now are you limiting the size of the mincha to have enough oil that you can mix it? So he says no. I think it's Rabbi Zairus explains. He says no. The point is that you can mix it. If you don't mix it, it's not essential, it's not a problem, but you have to be able to mix it. So, so to yeah, the point is that the Nazir can do Tnufa. If he doesn't do Tnufa, that's fine. But a Nazir without hands who cannot do Tnufa, well then he can't conclude his Nazirus. That's how we want to learn at the moment. It says, Oh, so you're going to tell me then that this Brisa which teaches this is the law of the Nazi, whether he does have hair or he doesn't have hair, is teaching me that it is essential. Now this again is the opposite. In the previous version we learned that this is teaching me that it is essential. Now we're learning and we're going to see how it fits in with another opinion. We're learning that this is not essential. I just as a Nazir with, without hair can conclude his Nazirus, so to a Nazir with hair can conclude his Nazirus without chafing. So then we would say the same thing with hands. Just as a Nazir without hands can conclude his Nazirus, so to a Nazir with hands would not have to do um, Tanufa. He says, If you have a hairless Nazir, he does not need to pass a blade over his head, and Beishil will say he still has to. Says Omar Rebbe Avina. So Rebbe Avina says, "Might Sorich." What do we mean by he has to? Might Sorich la when Beisila say he has to pass a blade over his head. Sorich va'ein lo takana. He needs to pass a blade over his head, but he can't do anything about it. The Beishama yesh lo takana. According to Beishama, he has a takana. Upliga the Rebbe Pedas. This is clearly arguing on Rebbe Pedas. Um, let me just um, yeah so, so again Rebbe Avin, the previous piece was based on how Rebbe, Rebbe Padas learned and this is based on how Rebbe Avina learns this Mahlokets by Shama and Beis Hillel um, and that's the uh, so, so, and depending on how you learn there would be how you learn the Brisa of whether he does or doesn't have hands. According to the first version, you'd have to learn, well, contrast, compare that to the drosh of a nozir who does or doesn't have hair. It's essential, so his hands must be essential. Or in this version, his hands are not essential. Um, then the question is, can he fulfill that mitzvah or not? But that would be the discussion here. Let me just check one point, sorry. Um, Percent clear on how that seems from this that it would actually would actually hold this essential, um, but we'll leave the Mishnah here. Do you want to finish off to the bottom of the page? You need to go. Okay, have a good Shabbos. Have a good Shabbos. Okay, the next Mishnah. So this Mishnah is going back on shaving. Remember, he has to shave according to um, Rebbe after the Rebbe Yehuda after the Shlomim or according to Rabbi Lazar after the Chattas. 
back if he didn't and he shaved after all his carbonos then obviously he after any of the three carbonos he is yoitzay if however he shaved before his carbonos then he's not yoitzay and remember depending on which opinion you go by according to the Tanatama you would have to wait according to the Chachamim he would have to wait 30 days for his hair to regrow and then he can do the shaving now what happens if he shaves they shech the korban he shaves and then something happens to the korban to invalidate it that they can't conclude it for example they spill the blood before sprinkling it on the Mizbech or it becomes Tome or something like that so he offered shech to the korban and he shaved and it becomes and it turns out it's possible so possible if he shaves after one of the carbonos and it turns out that it's possible. His shaving is invalid and his carbon doesn't count. He's gonna to have to bring in thirty days he's gonna to have to bring another carbon. What happens if he shaves after the khatas which was shecht or shecht or the blood was sprinkled shalishmo? And then they offer all the other carbonos correctly. His shaving was invalid and his carbonos don't count. Why? If you shech, most carbonos, we'll, we'll see this now, but most carbonos, if you shech them for the wrong intent, they count as a carbon, it's a kosher carbon, but not for your obligation. That's important to realize. The chattas, if you shecht it with the wrong intent, how you shecht the chattas as an oil or something like that, it's invalid. So it's possible. So what happened here? Can't put it on the mizbeh. So what happened here? You shechted the chattas with the wrong intent. So for all intents and purposes, he hasn't shechted the nazi's chattas. So when he goes and shaves, he's shaving too early. So now, he's not a nazi that can end his naziris and bring korbanos. So the two other korbans that he offered after that don't count as his Nazir Korban. So in 30 days, okay, the contrary might be a bit shorter, but in 30 days, he comes back and he offers a Korban and shaves. And he has to redo the other two, even though they were valid Korbanos, since as his Korbanos for a Nazir, they don't count because he wasn't ready to to do the... to, to shave, because... He, has to, he, sh- he shaved too early. So now he has to wait another 30 days. He's not ready to shave. It would be the same thing as a nozzy, just shaving in the middle of his term to bring his sacrifices. What happens if he, shechs, he shaves after offering the oil or the shlomim which were offered with the wrong intent? And then he brings the other two Kobanosov. So let was so the Shlomim. So he brings the Oila and the Khatas. So if it was the Oila, he brings the Shlomim and the Khatas. Um, the heavy Pasula. His shaving is invalid. And none of his Kobanos count for him. Once his shaving invalid here, the Korban was valid. Because it still doesn't count as a Nazir Korban. As I pointed out, if you shech the Shlomim as, as an oiler or a Shlomim as a Khatas, it's still a good Korban, but it doesn't count as your obligation. So for all intents and purposes, the Nazir, he's offered a Korban, but he hasn't offered his Nazir Shlomim or his Nazir's oiler. And therefore, it's as if he's shaving before offering any of the Korbanos and you're back to square one. If a Nazir shaves before offering any of the Korbanos, he has to wait 30 days and 
Obviously, all the korbanot he offered then didn't count as his concluding ritual because he wasn't ready to do his concluding ritual. So therefore, he has to bring all three korbanot again. Yeah, now Rabbi Shimon's quite interesting. Um, Rabbi Shimon Oimer, he says, no, that sacrifice doesn't count, but the other sacrifices do count. So he doesn't have to bring another... So he has to bring a new well, no, no, no. The chattas, remember, is possible. So that Rabbi Shimon's novel, in that even though that shlomim doesn't count, let's say he shechted, he shaved after offering the shlomim for the sake of Allah. Yes. So the shlomim doesn't count as his shlomim. This is this is how Rabbi Shimon holds the Gemara explained. The shlomim doesn't count as a shlomim, but he so he has to offer. Shlomim doesn't count as a Shlomim. Oh, but it counts as a Korban, so he, Rabbi Shimon holds he's allowed to shave. Or his shaving is valid. I don't know if he should shave, but if he shaved, it's valid. And therefore, after he shaves, the other two Korbanos that he brought count. The Shlomim doesn't count as his Norris' sacrifice for that regard, so he has to bring another Shlomim. But it was still a kosher... Um, um, it's still a valid shaving. That's the important point according to Rishimov. If he shaved after any of, or after all three, or any of them, and it turns out that one of them is kosher, his shaving is valid, but he has to bring the other two. So again, he shaved at all three kobanos, offered them on the Mizbah, or your sprinkled their blood, shaved, and then it turns out that two of the Kobaras were invalid. So since he did shave after one of his Kobaras, it's a good shaving. And um, he shaved after one, it's a good shaving. But... Sorry, no, it's a good shaving. Lost my train of thought. Oh, but the other two Kobaras, which were invalid, he has to replace and bring those two again. Now, Omar Abad Abarava, Zoysameris Kosova Rabbi Shimon, Ozzy Shigilach al Shalmei Nadova Yotza. Rabbi Abarava, this teaches us that Rabbi Shimon holds that someone shaves on his Shalmei Nadova, he fulfills his obligation, a voluntary Shlomim. This is my Tamai. What's the source of that? I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can do this, but it's almost saying a Nazi comes at the end of his term. He brings, this is how I'm thinking of it, he brings four korbanos. No, no, just this guy who decides to, he brings a shlomim and the three obligatory ones, a shlomim, a ola, and a chattas. He shechs the voluntary shlomim, he can now shave. That's what he seemed to be saying. Um, my time, what's the source that, that, that that's valid? The Omakras, the Post says, It says he'll put it on the fire which is under a shlomim, and it doesn't specify his shlomim. So we see any shlomim, any nadava that the Nazir offers now allows him to shave. And then he still ha- he'll bring his other three afters, but it's a valid shaving. That's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. Okay, we'll leave it there for today. Um, have a very good Shabbos, and we'll yeah, Shabbos will finish the Masechta, and on Sunday will be on the, the not the Masechta, the new parish.